Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now thanking you for this beautiful day you've given to us, for the sunshine, to warm your earth, to keep us warm. For the weather that you've given us lately, Lord, we, we thank you for that, for the moisture that you've provided to the valley and to the other areas in, in the area, uh, in the state. We thank you for that. Lord, we just ask that this be a, a blessed year for us. Uh, for the farmers, for those that are tending crops, we just ask that you be with them as they're, they're planting, as they're going through and, and getting ready for their, their yearly work. Lord, right now we thank you for this time, the time that we can just stop and come and reflect on your word, to be with each other, to share memories and laughs, to make new memories. We thank you for that, for the fellowship that we have here, for the love that we can share. Lord, as we go through today, we just ask that you be with those who are unable to be with us for purposes that we may not know about, whether they're sick, whether they're traveling, or Lord, maybe they're just at home and they just need your, your hand and your comfort right now. We just ask you to do that. We know, Lord, that you're the great physician and you'll heal those that, that you can, and, and if it's your will, we just ask now a special prayer for Diane, for Beverly, for Amber. Uh, with the things that are going on there. Diane, with her eyesight, Lord, we know that if it's your will, you'll you'll give her full and, uh, eyesight back. Uh, for Beverly, as she's dealing with some bronchitis, Lord, uh, we just ask that you, you continue to heal her and allow her to breathe easy as we're going into allergy season. We know that can be a struggle. Lord, right now we just ask that you be with Steve and the lesson that he's prepared. We thank you for the willingness and, and for the time that he's put into it. Lord, open our hearts and open our minds so that we can take more in and, and take this and share it with others. Thank you for everything you've done. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay. Coming through okay? Great. All right, last week... We ask the question, the easiest question we're going to ask, the biggest fat rabbit question we're going to ask, a whole lot easier than why was I born? What is my purpose in life? What is God's purpose for me? Last week we asked, are you guilty and in need of a Savior? We all raised our hands on that one, no problem. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we uh, made the... Uh, point throughout this, the story of Joseph how his brothers were definitely guilty as charged. And Joseph was going to be their savior. And of course he made the obvious analogy to us. We are all guilty. Have violated God's law. God's purpose for us. And we are in need of a savior. And His son, the Christ, was our savior. So today we're going to ask another question right off the bat. Probably the second easiest question we're going to have. Do you want to be set free from your guilt? And how that might be accomplished today. Through our story, we're going to see that how that was done in back in Joseph's time. And it hasn't changed much at all in our time. Joseph's brothers are going to have an opportunity to confront 22 years of suppressed guilt. 
22 years they've been keeping up this ruse. I'm sorry, Dad, your son died at the hands of a wild beast. They've been keeping it up for 22 years. They know the truth. God knows the truth. And they will be, be confronted today with that truth and their guilt. So, with that in mind, let's go ahead and... Uh, we, last week we left off... Let me think, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. A big banquet. Joseph has become, through the providence of God, the second-in-command in Egypt. Quite possibly, you could easily say he is the second most powerful man in the world. During a severe famine, they are two years into that famine. And after two years, Jacob, the patriarch there back in Canaan, says, essentially, boys, get off your duffs and let's take care of this. I hear there's food in Egypt. Jacob's sons go to Egypt. They see the guy in charge, have no idea who he is other than he's a powerful man in Egypt. But Joseph knows who these people are. They're my brothers. But he didn't tell them that. He puts them through a few uh, weird paces, shall we say. We're doing stuff to them. But the bottom line was, he says, I want you to bring back your youngest brother. He doesn't, no, he didn't say Benjamin, but I want you to bring Benjamin back to me. So they go back home. Jacob says, there's no how, no way. I lost one son, and I'm not going to lose two. Benjamin stays here. The day he's got hungrier, the time got a little more desperate, and then Jacob uh, finally concedes to Judah. Judah, from here on in, is going to take the lead with the brothers. I don't think that is also, that is not coincidental. The Christ comes from the tribe of Judah. Judah takes the lead and says, I'm going to be personally responsible for him. If we don't bring him back to you, Dad, you can hold me responsible for his life for the rest of my life. So Jacob says, okay, take Benjamin, go back, show Benjamin to this guy, and then bring back some food for us. And that's what happens. Uh, Joseph sees Benjamin come in. Is this your younger brother? Yeah. He goes into a room by himself and weeps. The enormity of seeing his younger brother who he hadn't seen, maybe maybe not ever. We're not too sure about the timeline on that, but maybe not ever. But maybe very briefly, if he did. And then he has a banquet. And he lines up all the brothers in order of birth. And that kind of freaks him out. How does this guy know what the, our, our order of birth? And then he treats Benjamin especially kindly with extra food. That's where we left off. We'll be in chapter 44 and 45 today. A long reading, which we will not read entirely. We will kind of breeze through here and there and tell, talk and tell the story. But let's not forget, the brothers are back in Egypt with Benjamin. They're getting ready to go back home. But let's also not forget... They have no idea who this guy is. He knows, but they don't know. They haven't seen him in 22 years. And they've been keeping this ruse up, this lie, for up for 22 years in the family. Especially with their, their, your dad, Jacob. So let's pick it up there. Joseph is going to send them back home. 
but he's going to test them. I kind of wonder if Joseph enjoyed the little testing he gave his brothers. He probably might have did. Go to chapter 44, if you would, please. You want to be set free from your guilt. So it's the question we have today, and we'll see that vividly here in a few moments. Now, I mentioned Joseph is going to test his brothers, and here's how he's going to do it. Chapter 44, verse 1. Now, Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house. Fill the men's sacks with as much food as they can carry, and put each man's silver in the mouth of his sack, the silver that they brought to pay for this food. And that's kind of what he did to kind of yank their chain uh, previously. Then, to put the, the test, put my cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, along with the silver for his grain, and he did as Joseph said. So what is he doing? Put their stuff back in their, back, their sack, like we did previously, but on this one, I want you to, in Benjamin's sack, the youngest one, you put my personal silver cup in there. So what's that going to appear to be? What's going to, that's going to appear to be, do you think? Huh? Theft. That's a nice word, Arthur. Thank you. <laughs> Theft. The food wasn't enough. The free food wasn't enough. The good treatment wasn't enough. Let's take the leader's personal cup. Of course, they're not going to do that, but it's going to appear that they have. This, part, this is part of Joseph's test for his brother. He puts his personal cup in Benjamin's bag, Benjamin's sack. We won't read it. Then Joseph calls the steward back in. All right? You're about a day down the road. Go get him. Follow him, catch up with him, and say, hey, something's missing. We need to make a search of your camp. Open your sacks. Okay, sure. And they get to Benjamin, and what appears? The cup. The theft has occurred. And they're incredulous. Hey, we don't know how this got here, but they go back to, it says, the city. They go back to Joseph. Okay? Let's pick it up there. This is where Judah takes the lead again. Judah's going to speak for the brothers. This is a test for the brothers. How are they going to respond to this? We'll pick it up in verse 16 of chapter 44. Judah speaking, What can we say to you, my Lord? What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my Lord's slaves. We ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. God has uncovered your servant's guilt. Back in 42, when they had another incident similar to this, their consciences were starting to speak to them again. 
Reuben said this, after they had been found out with the silver. Surely we are being punished because of our brother. That brother would be Joseph. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded for his life. But we would not listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. The consciences are already starting to speak to him. And now Judah steps forward and says, God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We're now your slave. Now, what guilt are we talking about here? What has God uncovered? What guilt has he uncovered? I think so. It's not the stolen cup. Or it has nothing to do with the silver cup. They know they're innocent of that one. Now we must give an accounting for our brother's blood. God has uncovered your, serv your servant's guilt. What they did 22 years ago is now front and center in front of them. You want to be set free from your guilt. Right now, Judah's saying, yeah. We are now your slaves. We are now your servants. Verse 17, but Joseph said, Far be it from me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you can go back to your father in peace. <laughs> Joseph pulls the chain just a little bit harder. No, 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 I'm not going to let all of you stay. I just want the guy who's guilty. And who is that? It was found in Benjamin's sack. You let Benjamin stay here with me, and he can be my slave. You, you, you actually go on home. What did Judah promise, Dad? This ain't going to happen. This cannot happen. If we lose Benjamin, the rest of my life is going to be miserable. I'm going to be responsible for my father, Jacob. The story goes on. Uh, Judah takes Joseph aside, speaking on behalf of the brothers, and relates the story. You know, we came here, uh, my, my dad really, really did not want this to happen, to bring his youngest son here because he knew this might happen. And I personally ponied up and said, I will be responsible for Benjamin, for my youngest brother. Like he says, in there two or three times, you will bring his gray head down to the grave if Benjamin does not come back with me. Really, you're killing me. <laughs> Literally going to kill my father if we don't come home with his youngest son, Benjamin. About seven or eight verses, that's essentially what Judah says. Please, can we work something out? And here's where Judah, on behalf of the brothers, steps forward. And this is how Joseph knows the test that he gave them. They have passed it. Chapter 44. Let's start the latter part of verse 32. Kind of sum up here. Judah talking. If I do not 
if I do not bring him back, Benjamin, to, uh, to my father, bring, bring, bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Talking about Jacob. If I don't do this, I'm going to bear this for the rest of my life before you, Jacob. And here's where Judah steps forward and says this in verse 33. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy. Let the boy return with his, uh, to his father. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come on my father. What has Judah done here? Speaking on behalf of the, the other boys, but he personally takes responsibility. What does he do? What's he do, Dan? But what does he personally offer to do? Okay, take his place. What tribe is this? Is the, the, the I said it's not coincidental. Before Reuben the oldest was kind of the spokesman. Now Judah, one of the younger ones, not the youngest, but one of the younger ones, takes the lead from the tribe, or he will be the tribe of Judah. And who comes from the tribe of Judah? Jesus. What did Jesus do for us early? Took our place. And here it is happening right here. Way, way, way back when, Judah is taking Benjamin's place. What was the test, generally speaking, that Joseph was putting his brothers through? What was he testing them for? What was, he, what was this test about? That they have passed, by the way. Okay. Twenty-two years ago, what would have happened? <laughs> hey, Benjamin, nice knowing you. We got some food out of this, just like back in Joseph's day. We got a few bucks. We made a few bucks off of Joseph selling them. In twenty-two years, these boys have been confronted with their guilt, and they've changed. 20 years ago, it would have been Sayonara Benjamin, just like it was Sayonara Joseph. Now, I'll take his place. It's also interesting, how does he word it? The latter part of 33, do not, do not let me see the misery that would come on my father. For the last 22 years, how's it been? Dad's misery don't bother me any. We kept this ruse up, this, this lie up for 22 years. I'm sure Jacob, every day he's been disconsolate because of this. And now, I don't want to see my father this way anymore. They've changed. They've turned around. First they confessed. The Lord has found us out. We are guilty. They've confessed. What's the fancy Bible word for changing? They have repented. You want to be set free from your guilt. And it hasn't changed too much from many thousands of years ago to today. Confess and change. Confess and repent. Just as these good folks done here. That's pretty consistent, isn't it? That's <laughs> changed too much. Okay, 
They've confessed their guilt. They've changed. They've repented. Now we lack one thing. It's Old Testament time, maybe. We need some forgiveness. We mentioned earlier last week that Joseph was going to be his brother's savior. Let's go ahead and read about that. Verse 40, chapter 45. Chapter 45, the first part is, to me, one of the most dramatic in the top three or four scenes in the entire Bible. The big reveal. I am Joseph, your brother. Right up there with the look that Jesus gives Peter. No, Abraham, don't do that. And this is right up there with it, I think. I am Joseph, your brother. Absolutely dripping with this raw drama. Let's read about it. Chapter 45. The boys have passed the test. Then Joseph could no longer control himself. Before all his attendants, he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. But, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Not just drama for the brothers, but for the entire household, the castle, shall we say. Joseph said to his brothers in verse 3, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? Now, let's stop right there. Let's say you're uh, Simeon or Issachar. What are you thinking right about now? What? Genesis, no way. Okay, explain the no way. And I'm sure once he said that, they were thinking, oh man, we got it. We're I think there's yeah, two things they're, they're saying, thinking right now. First off, he gets literally, literally, we mentioned this last week, the last person on the planet they thought they were going to see ever again because he's dead. I am Joseph. And just to make it more interesting, is my father still alive? So is this, I mean, we all have those moments where for a second or so we, we play back everything we could you know, possibly play back in our minds in a, in a, in a second or two. This can't be right. He's gone. Is he come back to life? And then if, if it does become a little bit of morality, what are they thinking then? Ooh, no. What have we... What did we do 22 years ago? And this is possibly the guy that we did it to. You feel for him. Joseph's the one crying, but I bet they are just stark, raving, terrified, and confused. I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. If this guy is who he says he is, we're not, our, not our days are numbered, our minutes are numbered. 
Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph. Now, the next few sentences, I want you to grasp or take note of how many times he says this right here. God has sent me. He says it at least three times. And next week, he'll say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God has sent me ahead of you. Okay, take note as we go along with that. Uh, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now, for sure, right now they know, okay, how's our dad doing? And I'm the one you sold in Egypt. They know now this is the one. And now do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there have been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will all be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He may be the father of Pharaoh, lord of this his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back and tell my father, yada, yada. Joseph is now 39 years old. He was sold into slavery at 17. 22 years later makes him 39. And the first question we asked was, why were you born? Why are you here? What's your purpose? And we made the analogy of the slow rising sun, sunrise. Now, when we're younger, we don't know. The sun is still just barely rising. As it gets higher, slower, slowly gets higher, become a little bit more illuminated like the sun does. At 17... Could Joseph have answered that question? Why were you born? He probably could have, but what, what, what would his answer might have been? Give me, give me a 17. Okay, yeah. I'm here to continue on the family business. Okay? How about, oh, maybe a few months later when he's in the pit, or maybe actually a couple of days later, in the pit. I have really now no idea why I'm here. 22 years later at age 39, does he know why he's there? You bet he does. I was sent here to, in essence, in essence, say, save you. Save our family. And we, from our historical perspective, you know, many thousands of years later, also we can say to save the seed line of the Christ. They would have all died right there during that famine. The seed line would have been eliminated. God was not going to let that happen. I'm here to save you. So Joseph, he's fully aware of what his purpose in life is at age 39. What have I forgotten? I'm going to turn a page. 
Okay. The story goes on. We won't read it for the last part. Uh, Joseph says, go tell my dad. Go get him. It's kind of funny where he also says, tell him the honor I have been accorded. Do we all want to make our dads proud? Tell dad how good I'm doing. Kind of a little, you know. That's good. But bring the family down here. And Pharaoh even hears about this. And his household says, that's a good idea. In fact, we're going to give you this stuff too. Bring your family down here where you can live with us and be blessed by the bounty of the land of Egypt. They confessed. They repented. They've been forgiven. And now they're reaping the bounty of the land of Egypt. So, go get them. So, Joseph tells the brothers, go home. And the Bible is not without certain little tongue-in-cheek moments that are a little humorous. We're going to read one here in a minute. Okay. Let's go uh, chapter 45. We'll start in verse da, 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 da. What is that? 24. 45 and 24. Joseph speaking. Then he said to his brothers, and then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving, he said to them, don't quarrel on the way. He still knows his brothers, doesn't he? <laughs> you guys have repented, but get along. Don't be arguing on the way back home. Get down, get dad, and get back home. Okay. Verse 25. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob had the same reaction the brothers did. Jacob was stunned and did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Israel said, I'm convinced. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. I'm a flowchart kind of guy. And I'll block you probably, right? <laughs> The brothers, and what happened to them is, a, I think, a very good example for us. In an Old Testament kind of way. Confess, repent, change. You will be forgiven, and the blessings will flow after that. Let's put that in New Testament times. Fill it a few blanks for me. Confess. We're all sinners. We all are looking for that freedom from our guilt. Change. It's one thing to say, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, you really have not changed or repented. God asks us to repent. Now, there are certain things in our lives that are going to be harder to change from than others. God knows it. Do your very best to change whatever it is you're confessing and changing from. 
Now, New Testament times, what will we put right, about, right in here? Repent, confess, and... Bingo. Thank you, Pat. Be immersed, forgive us of your sins. And you receive what? Gift of the Holy Spirit. God's going to put a chunk of himself inside you. Repent, confess, be immersed for the, for the forgiveness of those sins. God puts a piece of you inside of him so you can get along better. And then the bounty of blessings that flow to us today and later. It's a very good analogy what happened to Joseph and his brothers. To me, it is the best dramatization of Christ's forgiving blood that we have in the Old Testament. This one right here. There are other ones, but to me, this is number one. The most blatant example of it. Confess, repent, forgiven, and then the blessings flow from there. Question, comments? Good point, Shirley. Shirley said uh, God was patient with them, gave them 22 years to let that guilt sink in, shall we say, and then to change and confess. Some people do not have that luxury. Yeah. 22 years is you know, a long time to simmer with your guilt. Jim. Forgiveness cannot happen unless the sin is exposed. And he exposed that sin right to us. Oh, yeah. Just point like out. He said God has yeah, exposed it. Right yeah, God sent me in. Boom. Okay. And it sunk in. <laughs> to me, it's interesting that how they portrayed as God exposing us. We now have to give an accounting to God for what we have done. Uh, we use the term law of retribution, but I think it's a little bit more deeper than that. It's like getting in the mirror and oh, that's me. I did that. I do that. So, God exposes us. Well, I think there's one interesting thing here. You know, they did this to Joseph. They saw what it did to the father. They lived with that guilt for 22 years. Not one of them is going you to think confess. You think one of them Yeah, not one of them is going to confess to daddy. But look at the freedom they got from Joseph and being able to finally release that. They tell that story about the free young man who, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. I remember him telling that. That's, that's, that's similar. Uh, a young man was set free of his sins, and he just ran around saying, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Yeah. 
that's kind of similar to what you're saying here. How they harbored that pain. Exactly. Yeah, they were held hostage by their their sin and their what they did. And once they God put the mirror in front of them, man. After the initial terror, I am Joseph, your brother. <laughs> I imagine after that, it was downhill. Oh, that was bad. Why did we do that 18 years ago? You know, kind of thing. But yeah, no, Joseph was not in a position 18 years ago. But yeah, God has a plan. I was sent here ahead of you to save you. God sent me here, not you. Yeah, I know. If the brothers would have said, Jacob or Dad, we did this, you know, a couple of years after, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a clear mountaintop view saying that. We're, no, no, okay, I'm not going to do that. Okay, next week we're going to ask another question. The story, we'll, we'll fill in a few more details of the story. The story is essentially over. We'll fill a few more details in, but the next three or four lessons we're going to just. What does it mean to us? Next thing I'm going to ask you, are you satisfied with God? Are you satisfied with God? So that's essentially our story, 99% over with. We'll fill a few more details in, but then we'll uh, And the, the final question we're going to ask Memorial Day weekend is a good one. Better than am I satisfied with God? I think it is, yeah. Okay, uh, final question, comments? If not, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, and we'll, we'll see how satisfied we are next week.